and welcome to the Just Shiatsu podcast, the podcast that explores what healthy living is through the ancient wisdom of Chinese medicine and how that ancient wisdom can be used in Shiatsu and touch to help um, each other, you know, live better lives. As always, I'm your host, Justin Zielinski, and today we're going to talk about chapter four of the Neijing, which is really about giving more definitive values to yin and yang. In the previous chapters, we've talked about this idea of wind and how the Chinese like to use this metaphor for movement and also use the metaphor as uh, the idea for qi. And this chapter starts out with them talking about the eight winds, which then become the five winds in the body. So in previous chapters, we've talked about the four winds, which would be the, the seasons, which we've gone over. And the eight winds are just multiplying that times two. So we have the four seasons, and the eight winds would be the four seasons plus all the transitional points between the seasons. This is how I see the eight winds being described. We have summer, and then we have that point right in between summer and autumn, right? That's another another wind, according to this. There's a certain movement that happens in between the seasons that they use to to define this idea of eight. And you can also think of the idea of eight as the four directions, or the four cardinal directions, and then the four intercardinal directions. So we've got north, south, east, west, but we've also got northwest, northeast, and again, that's eight. So again, we're talking about the full cycle of movement through everything. So when we're seeing the number eight, sometimes I think they're talking about just this whole big general idea of like movement in the world might be a way to say it. You know, the outside factors of, of the world that can influence our chi internally. And what they talk about here is they talk about the eight winds turn into the five winds in the body. And we know that the four seasons have movements inside the body or they relate to movements inside the body. And they add another element here to balance out this idea of five because in Chinese medicine all internal movements are based on the five elements or you know all of creation is based on these five elements and again I see this how does eight become five right the eight winds become the five winds internally in the body so again we have the four seasons and then we have this one movement in between each of the seasons which makes eight external movements but that one movement is the same between each season, and that is this fifth movement internally, is this, this transition between the seasons. So let's take a quick look, or a, let's, uh, let's look at breaking down the four cardinal directions, right? We have the seasons, spring, summer, autumn, winter. Well, these also relate to directions within the medicine, right? So east is spring and of course we know spring relates to the liver but why east well the sun rises in the east and the the energy of spring is this energetic like outward spreading right so as the sun slowly rises its warmth and light spreads everywhere so we that's the reference for spring in that direction south is summer and of course we know this relates to the heart from the previous episode and of course summer is is warmth, heat, right? When you live in the northern hemisphere, as the Chinese do and as we do, when you go south, it always gets warmer because we're closer to the equator, closer to the sun. So to them, south is always this idea of warmth, and that's that's the embodiment of summer. West, 
autumn. And that relates to the lung. And again, the sun's starting to go down. So the yang, the yang qi is starting to wane. You know, we're, we're losing the energy that we have for the day and it's slowly, slowly dissipating to the point where we would go to sleep. But in the, in the tradition of the environmental movement, you know, the sun is losing its energy as it slowly fades down beneath the horizon again. And then lastly, we have north, which is winter, and the kidney, you know, which is, again, associated with more of the dark, darkness and the, and the cold. And if you live in the northern hemisphere, when you move north, right, the days will get shorter and they get colder. So these are the, the way they relate all these directions to the seasons, right? And they call these the east wind, the south wind, the west wind, and north wind. And again, these are the outside movements that can influence the internal workings of the body. So where do we get a fifth element, right? We have four here, but inside the body there's five. In this chapter, they mention another season called late summer. And in, from some of the things I've studied, it's believed this was kind of added in as a way to make it five, as opposed to just the normal four seasons. And if you look at the way it's listed, so we traditionally they usually start with the idea of spring, the idea of spreading, even though we know it continues in a circle. But if we were to choose a starting point, they usually use the reference of spring. So we go from spring to summer to late summer to autumn to winter. And you'll notice that late summer is right in the middle of all these seasons. Right? This is the same idea as if we put an earth in the middle of the four seasons and they rotated around that earth, there's that fifth element. So the, the late summer also is kind of like that pivot point between yin and yang, if you want to look at it that way. And when it's described seasonally, this is the order it goes in. But in later chapters, they'll also discuss of the idea of kind of this movement existing in every season. So it might sound a little bit more like spring into late spring, summer into late summer, autumn into late autumn, winter into late winter. There's always this point right before the shift of the seasons where everything starts to, starts to I don't know, gather some sort of energetic change that's going to shift into the, the next season. As you can see, the, this fifth season is a little harder to explain than the other ones. The other ones are straightforward. But when we go to put this movement internally in the body, it will make a lot more sense because they have a very defined system of the five movements internally that, that create our life inside of us. When we're talking about directions, this fifth element is called the center. And it, it relates to the spleen. So center is late summer and it belongs to the spleen. And again, that relates again to this idea that they're all pivoting around each other, right? They're calling it the center. Another thing they talk about in this chapter is yin and yang again as time. And I know we briefly mentioned the days before, but now they start to break it down just a little, in a little more detail, right? We go from four to eight. So four is like the basic fundamental details. Eight would be like, oh, let's go into more detail on the original four, which is kind of a little bit a theme in this chapter. We know yang follows the sun. So in the day movements, yang, you know, would be from waking to, to 
maybe sunrise to dusk would be the way to say it. And then yin would be from dusk till dawn, so the, the time of night or the time of the moon, if you want to think of it that way. And then the time of light or the time of the sun would be the yang. And they go down to break this up. So we already understand this basic concept of yang is light and warmth and yin is dark and cool. Well, now they're going to show you that it's not so defined as you originally thought the way to think about these things. They say from dawn to noon is a yang time or is a yang movement in a yang time because the yang is starting to move out as, as, you know, as the sun rises or we start to get that warmth and it spreads out internally as well. From noon to dusk is considered a yin, a, a yin movement in a yang time. So the yang is exhausted, and then we start. It starts to move inward. This is just the natural movement from you know the cycle of um, contraction and expansion that, that happens inside of us. So and also from noon is where the sun reaches its zenith in the sky, and then slowly, you know, fades away over the horizon. There's another way to think of the yang chi as like fading or moving down. Then they say early evening, so the sun is, is setting. And this is a yin time, or a yin movement in a yin time. So the sun sets, everything starts moving inward. The sun is moving down and away and inside our body. The yang chi we've, we've uh, expended throughout the day is starting to, to fade away, and we're, we're losing our own internal energy as well, so we also start to contract inward or go into a more relaxed state so we can rebuild the yang. And then, of course, we go to sleep. And then at dawn, we wake up again. So at dawn, it's a yang time, or a yang movement in a yin time. So yang, the yang chi starts to move from storage to the surface. So in our sleep, you know, our, we're in complete storage of our yang. And then we wake, and that starts to expand out. And this is still before the sun kind of rises, you know, early in the morning. And this is a yang movement and still that yin time before the, the warmth and, and light really start to, to shine on us. They, they give some brief examples here of this idea of this yang and yin having like a kind of a general definitive description. But then inside of every yang and or inside of every yin is still a yin or a yang movement working there. And there always has to be movement and these two have to exist to create movement. If we have one without the other, they just they disappear, they don't exist anymore. So they give some general comparisons for yin and yang for us to, to remember or think about again. Um, you know, we have the exterior, which is yang, and the interior, which is yin. That's one way to look at those two comparisons floating in and out of each other. You know, we have the outer, which is yang, and the inner, which is yin. We have the male, which is yang, and the female, which is yin. But then they go on to, to define, like, what's yang and yin on a body? So they say, <clears throat> they say the back is more yang, and the abdomen is more yin. From the way they're describing it, and the way I, the sense or feeling I get from, from back when they're talking here, I get more feeling of they're talking the upper back, the, you know, the shoulders, and, you know, so it's more of an upper and a lower comparison as well as to the back and to the front. 
I think it's important to keep that in mind, and you'll see where that comes from when we start talking about the organs that exist in those areas. And, you know, so, again, we're talking about this idea of heavenly, the top side is yang, and the bottom or earthly side is yin, as well as the back side is yang, and the front side is more yin. And then they go on to break that down even more. So we have the internal organs, which are considered yin, and the external surfaces of our body, which are considered yang. So if we just look at it from the in-to-out perspective, it's everything on the outside that is yang and everything on the inside that is yin. And then they go down and break this area down even more. So we've talked about everything inside is yin, but now we're going to say everything inside has a yin and yang movement. And when they talk about these organs, they describe which ones are yin and which ones are yang. So the yin organs are based on storage. So they, they, we've talked about this idea of essence, which is the basis of our body. It's everything that, that, that is collected and used to create our physical form. And they, they give five organs this, this task, or, this, or they've observed these five organs as the collection points for all this, this chi or essence. And these five organs are the liver, heart, spleen, lung, and kidney. And these are all the organs that are related to the, the four seasons or, or the newly, the newly uh, created five seasons, as, as we see in this chapter. And then they say the yang organs are more interested in movement and transformation. And what do we mean by movement and transformation? A lot of these organs are considered the digestive system. So it's about moving the food inward, transforming it to the energy we need or the, the substances we need to build our body and, and collect into essence inside. And then it's also the process by which everything moves through the body as it's collected and then we get rid of what's not needed. So this is the movement and transformation of what, what we take into our body. And the organs that they attribute to this is gallbladder, stomach, the small intestine, the large intestine, the bladder, and the triple burner. And the triple burner is a whole separate topic. We'll get to it at one point, but it's not important to get into a deep discussion on now. But all the other organs we know by name. And we can see, like, they're all pretty much involved with digestion in some way waveform or another. Now they go in and they even break the yin organs down into yin and yang movements within the spaces they are in. And the yang parts of the body, the back part of the body, or even the, you could think of the upper part of the body, the yang aspect of that part of the body is the heart. And the yin aspect of that part of the body is the lung. Right? And if we just think about that for the movements they create, right? So heart is summer. It's about expanding outward, you know, spreading our expression and energy the, to the most outward we can of ourselves. And then lung again is about bringing that energy back in and contracting. So you can see between these two, right, there's an expansion and contraction in just that upper back region of our body, or as, as, as they stated. And this is what creates balance in that part of our body. And then... They have the same comparison for the yin part of the body, or the abdomen. Right? In the abdomen, the yin part of the abdomen is the kidneys. And the yang part of the abdomen is the liver. And again, we have that same dichotomy of 
out and in, those movements of expansion and contraction in this area as well. So we've got the kidney, which is charged with storing things inward, right, collecting our essence and bringing everything deep inside. And then we've got the liver, which is about spreading, you know, taking that deep-rooted essence or or chi or yang chi that's deep inside of us and moving it out to the surface. So we can see we've got, again, a, the dichotomy of, you know, contraction inward to storage, and then we need to be able to take that out of storage to move to the rest of the body. And then lastly, we have the fifth organ, and that's the spleen or the center. And they, they attribute this to being in the yin region as well, but it's really considered the center of the body. And this is the, they, they label it as the extreme yin and the yin. And again, this is kind of like the center point that all this other movement happens around. So we're seeing that same concept of the four seasons moving around a center point except where we're seeing those movements inside the body now. So it'll be the five elements interacting with each other. This is a chapter where they spend a lot of time just kind of like giving you reference points so that you can start to understand a little deeper perspectives to take on all the medicine. As we have already seen, yin and yang exists everywhere. We can designate a area yang or area yin, but when we go into that specific yang or, yang or yin area, we again get another pairing of yang and yin and that will happen forever as long as we keep looking deeper and deeper there will always be yang and yin interacting with each other in some way shape or form but they also are talking about the universe and the world around us as well not just our bodies so they go on to explain these these five winds as, as you might want to say and how they relate to the world around us Again, I think it's important to really think about these things as having a, uh, la la, a vibrational similarity to everything that they're listing, right? Or a similar movement to the movements they describe with the seasons. So we talked about, we have the east, which relates to the spring. And this element that these two embrace is, is wood. And we know that wood or we know that spring and east are the liver and, and its, its essences that are, are stored inside all have these, these qualities to them. And they also relate these elements to parts of the body. So the eye is considered to have the same vibrational movement as, or vibrational frequency or movement as, as liver or east or spring. And then when it talks about what parts of the body are these movements responsible for? Like, how do they, like, when we talk about essences, what essences are these, or, like, what forms are forming from these essences that are in the body? And the sinews are what is attributed to wood. And when we say sinews in, in ancient Chinese medicine, we're talking about the things that bind the bones together, or the structure together. So we're talking about tendons, ligaments, and the muscles to an extent. And then other things that are fun to just, think about that are in there is that the color associated with with wood is blue green and then they were very much into astrology so that the, the planet they attribute to wood is Jupiter next is the south wind or summer which is the element of fire and it relates to the heart and its essence and the part of the body that it relates to is the ear, the internal 
building blocks that are that it's responsible for is the vessels, and then its color is red, and its and its astrological planet is Mars. So next we would move on to the center, the center wind, I guess we could say, and it's usually called Earth in most texts when you're reading about the five elements, but the translator I read translates as to soil, and I actually like that translation better because it doesn't. It definitely gives a different designation between like this heaven and earth dichotomy that's there, and soil kind of brings it into a more five element aspect to me. And again, we know this is late summer. It relates to the spleen. Um, it belongs to the mouth. That's one of the orifices, and then it's in charge of creating flesh. And when I think of flesh, I think of like building muscles or the actual fat that is around the muscles or in the tissue. To me, this is kind of uh, the idea of flesh. And then, of course, its color is yellow, and the astrological planet is Saturn. Next, we move on to the west wind, or autumn, and this is the element of metal. And again, this relates to the lung and its essence. And this opens the orifice of the nose, and it relates to the skin and body hair. And I gotta be honest, of all the relations of the organs to the structures they're in charge of, this one is always the hardest one for me to wrap my brain around. But I kinda like to think of it at least this point in time. So the lung is responsible for contracting inward and creating like a more, you know, bringing our form more in so that we can condense essence, right? And our very first solid layer of our body, of our condensing of ourself is our, our skin and body hair. So right now this seems to be where I'm leaning with the thoughts of how this came to be. I could be way off base, but I I like to try and figure out how the movement of autumn or this contracting movement is the skin and body hair because all this stuff is the same, just in a different way to see it, right? And then the color for the metal element is white and its astrological planet is Venus. And then lastly, we have the north wind, or winter, which is the water element, and this is the kidney and its essence. Um, the kidney is in charge of the lower regions of the body, so again, it is in charge of the orifices of the anus and urethra. Um, and if you think of, you know, it is condensing the essence, it's the most condensing of all the movements, so again, it's going to condense all the form in the body, and as it does this as stool or urine, this is why it controls these areas, you know, it's letting out the form that it no longer needs. And it's in charge of the bones, and then its color is black, and its astrological planet is Mercury. And this is kind of the basis of this whole chapter, is just this, like, organizing the universe in a way that we can start to break it down and understand things that are happening around us so we can see how the universe and the external things are also influencing our internal, our internal movements in our body. And then this chapter ends with an important statement because even though we're talking about all these distinctions and breaking things down into like these logical patterns and, and movements that, that we can kind of make sense of, it still says diagnosis is still the most important part of this whole process. Diagnosis engages more than just logic, right? When we are feeling a person or looking at a person or smelling a person, like all these things 
are part of, part of the diagnosis process, and this brings in all the other senses outside of just using the logical mind. It can't be done with just the logic. So the importance here is still that like we're using touch and observation as a way to really diagnose other than just symptom. As always, I always like to finish every chapter up with how can touch be used in these, with these perspectives from this chapter. Well, there's one thing I didn't mention early on is that they do actually mention a part of the body that each of these, each of these organs kind of have an effect on. And I think that's important to know because if we're, if we're experiencing pains in those areas, sometimes it means that it is these organs, but it doesn't always. But it's nice to have a reference to at least start with if we can't figure anything out. The liver, which is the spring movement. Spring is moving, you know, the embodiment of moving up and out or out from the center. If that becomes too strong, it moves in, it just moves up very fast, right, into the neck and head. So if we have issues in the neck or head, we can think of the liver, right? So we can embody the spring movement to try and help balance that movement out if we can't find any other ways to work with it. And again, summer is the heart, which is about spreading the energy outward, you know, into the world around us. And again, this is in the chest and flanks. And again, very much associated with the anatomical positioning of the heart. You know, if it's being blocked from moving out, right, we start to feel the pain in the, in the chest and flanks. And that, again, just a, a point to start with if we can't figure out anything else to work with. And then again, we work with, or next would be autumn. So we're looking at the lung. We're looking, the lung is still the embodiment of the upper part of the body, but we also know that it embodies more of the backside. So the lungs tend to reflect in the shoulders and back, or upper back, if you want to say. And then we move on to winter. And again, the kidneys are affected in the lower back and thighs. So again, in the lower parts of the body, the more condensing, more earthly movements, you know, tend to work their way lower into the body and this is the the charge of the kidney in these areas and then lastly we have the late summer movement which is the spine which is interesting to think about because the spine is kind of our central column of support so again we're talking about this nice physical form that supports all the rest of everything else that moves around it um, so it's just interesting to think about that and that is not a very common association within TCM for the spine to be associated with the spleen. This is typically considered kidney because of the way the channels run through the body. But it's interesting here to know that the spine also is very much related to the spleen. Hopefully that was interesting and you know brought something new to your life. Thank you for listening. And I also would like anyone who's out there who's listening, if you have any interesting ideas or thoughts that you would like to me to express or bring, bring to light, on here, as long as I know about the uh, subject or can speak on it intelligently, I would love to to address those on the show. Um, you can drop me any questions or comments at my email, which is justzelinski at gmail.com. So that's J-U-S-T-Z-E-L-I-N-S-K-I at gmail.com. And I hope that you'll tune in next week again. Next week we'll cover chapter 5, and chapter 5 is all about the five elements. And have a great week. Thank you.